this is Joe and TJ with another episode of our One Thing series. Our desire is that our One Thing series truly helps you to lead better and grow faster. Every month on our podcast, we feature a great guest always on the topic of leadership, and we blast it out to you from the schoolhouse302.com. Thank you, TJ. Please share this with other leaders you know that are looking and craving to get better. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Here we are with our guest, Jethro Jones. Thank you for being here, Jethro. We are excited to have you. Hey, I'm excited to be here. You guys are awesome, and thanks for giving me the opportunity. Absolutely. This uh, month, we are focused on leading change and really designing change versus just managing it. So we're thrilled to have you. We're thrilled about your new book. I'm sure we'll dig into that. Um, so this month, we wanted to take a deep dive into that topic, uh, that topic, strategic implementation of new programs, and the way we can design schools from the inside out. And we couldn't think of anyone better than you. Um, we're big fans. So TJ, why don't you tell our audience a bit more about Jethro? Sure thing. Thanks, Joe. Our guest this month is Jethro Jones. Uh, of no relations to Joe Jones, I should say. Uh, yeah. Jethro is He's my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Jethro is a uh, 2017 NASSP Digital Principal of the Year. He's the host of Transformative Principal, where he interviews principals, leaders, and influencers who help improve K-12 education throughout the world. He's also the founder of Transformative Leadership Summit, which is kind of like his podcast, but he describes that it's on steroids. He's also the author of a new book, School X, How Principals Can Design a Transformative School Experience for Students, Teachers, Parents, and Themselves, which we want to discuss here in our first segment of the show. So, okay, Jethro, let's, let's jump right in on this popular topic, especially now, of change. There's no doubt that things are always changing, but you describe and champion a process of change by design and take an empathetic approach to change for the betterment of students and really all stakeholders. How can leaders approach change in a more transformative way, but yet still puts people first? We want to hear anything that you might say about change, leading change, designing and designing schools of the future. Yeah. So, you know, I think there are a lot of different ways that you can go with this. And what I have found most successful is just two things. Um, it's really simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. The first one is having empathy and using that empathy to guide your decisions. So empathy is getting an understanding of what whoever that other person is feels and what they experience. You get it, you gain their perspective and that requires you to take action. So you can do surveys, you can do shadow a student or a teacher or a parent or shadow a community member. You can go through the process yourself or you can just talk to people and see what they're experiencing. But this is where it's so important. If you try to experience what their experience is like, you're going to see some chinks in the armor, some things that aren't perfect. And that leads to the second thing, which is to empower anyone to push for change. And the way that this works is we often give advice to new principals saying, 
don't change anything in your first year, just like experience it all and see what's going on. And I have a really hard time with that because if, if you go in and you don't make things better for someone, those kids and those teachers are just going to have another year of things not being better. But here's the thing, you can change all the time. At one of my schools, we had 32 different initiatives that we were working on in one school year. That's a ton. Why did we have that many? Because I wasn't driving all of those initiatives. So individual teachers were driving their own initiatives, driving the things they wanted to change. So number one, have empathy. Number two, empower others to make the change that they see they need to have. Jethro, if you don't mind, I'd like to ask a follow-up to that. You know, 32 initiatives is a huge undertaking. Um, I think TJ would agree. We've heard that same sentiment, sit back, sit tight, so you know how to strategically move forward. How did you combat initiative fatigue? That's something we often hear. Uh, we're doing too much. Um, and like you just said, you know, you had other people driving these initiatives. How did you combat you know, for 32, that's extensive, um, that fatigue. So in order to do that, you have to have a clear vision of where you're going. And then the, the clear vision is the one thing that you focus on. So you don't focus on all 32 of those different things. You focus on the one thing. And then what you can do is go behind everybody else and see what they're working on. And those are your initiatives. And so for uh, one school that I was at, our focus was personalizing learning. So everything we did, one focus about personalizing learning. If it did not personalize learning for our students, it wasn't something that we spent any time on. At another school, our focus was real world learning. And so if it didn't contribute to real world learning, then we didn't bother with it. And that's how you get all those initiatives that one teacher may be focusing on personalizing learning through um, through voice and choice. Another teacher may be focusing on personalizing learning through student-directed education. Another teacher may be focusing on something else, but what they all have in common is that one vision. So when it comes down to what one thing are you thinking about, what one thing are you focusing on, it's gotta be that clear vision that the principal has for his or her school. I think that's a huge, point Jethro because you're moving in the direction towards the vision but you're cutting all the unnecessary um, information or details or other things that yeah might look great might be appealing um, but they're not going to contribute to that that area of like you said personalized personalized learning or, or something of that nature so um, is that something that was easy for you to do because in, in uh, education, we also tend to lily pad quite a bit. Mm -hmm. We love to jump from one thing to the next. Um, is that a skill you developed? And how did you keep people focused on that one thing? So uh, I'll answer the second part first, because I think that's the most important. You always come back to that vision that you have. You always come back to this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. You stay focused on that. That's your job as the principal. So when someone says, oh, hey, I saw this really cool new science curriculum or the science conference that I want to go to, the question is, does it help us personalize learning? If it doesn't, it's an easy no. If it does, then yeah, you go ahead and do that. If you want to pursue that, we can, we can find a way to make that happen because that's your initiative. Now, here's the power in that. When you 
are invested and you care about the result because you're leading the charge, you work a lot harder and a lot smarter to make sure that that happens. And so instead of teachers like saying, oh, I guess I'll go along with this. So for example, uh, we did a, we trained all of our teachers in Marzano in the evaluation system and had some really pathetic results like printing out the entire list of standards for your subject and just hanging them on the wall and saying, look, there's my learning objective. The standards are, are explicitly stated. Look, I just explicitly stated it. Isn't that great? I mean, nobody cares about that, right? But instead, when you say, all right, so what we're gonna focus on instead of doing this Marzano training is we're gonna say it's important for every one of our students to leave the classroom knowing what they learned that day in class. That changes the perspective. So if a kid was in your class today, what did they gain by being in your class? Asking that question is different than did you post the standard, you know? And so taking that approach of being able to stay focused on what matters and then giving people autonomy within that vision to make it their own for their own classroom, for their own students really is powerful. And what you find usually is that people will kind of start forming these groups and meld together and get these little PLCs happening that are not like Rick Dufour specific PLCs, but they really are professional learning communities because the teachers are trying to learn better in a community setting. And it's a powerful thing when that happens. And it, it makes you want to be part of that work. It doesn't feel like it's initiative overload. It doesn't feel like somebody's pushing something down our throats because we are focused on doing the work that really matters to get to our bigger goal. And if you've got five or six big goals, like when school boards make these strategic plans and they've got like five different goals with seven sub goals on each one, nobody pays attention to that. Nobody's listening to that. We just move on with our lives and say, whatever, we're not going to bother with it. Yeah, there's no doubt that that overload is real. And the more subcategories, sub goals that it just overwhelms to the point where it's a nice excuse not to move forward. Thank you so much for that, Jethro. Uh, and I, I appreciate you even sharing some of what didn't work. Our listeners truly appreciate that also. And knowing that, you know what, not everything's perfect. You mentioned Marzano. We are big fans as well. Obviously, uh, the genius is there um, in his work. And this is a nice way to transition um, to our five one thing series leadership questions. Who's one person, Jethro, or group that you follow for either knowledge or inspiration? And where can we find them? Well, you know, I, I truly believe that there is knowledge and inspiration just about everywhere. The place right now where I'm getting a lot of that is uh, from Seth Godin and his Akimbo podcast and Akimbo um, workshops. I'm in the one called The Creative workshop right now and I gotta tell you it is it's blowing my mind it's making me a better leader a better human being and it's helping me focus on the thing that I really need to do so uh, if you search for Seth in Google he'll come up as number one um, it's it's really TJ's uh, next question but no one is more thrilled on earth maybe Seth than you mentioning that than TJ <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I, Joe one time said to a group of people that I don't reference Seth less than five times every time we meet. Um, I've done the real skills workshop 
I'm interested in the alt MBA and I can't wait to sign up for the creatives. If you say that's great, I'm going to get into it. Uh, Jethro. Um, can you like, just as a follow-up, can you say something that you're either getting from that or you think people would get um, from it? Uh, that is like really kind of either blowing your mind or drawing your attention in that creatives workshop. Yeah. So I'll share what, um, what, just happened yesterday, which is <clears throat> I've been working on my next book as part of that creative workshop, doing a daily 2000 word, 1000 word dump of ideas and thoughts for my next book. And I realized that I chose that because it was safe and easy and I could do the work and not be held accountable for it. And so I was procrastinating doing the work that I really should be doing which is launching this different kind of school that I've been planning and dreaming about for the last 23 years. I'm not exaggerating. Ever since I went to start at my third high school, that is when I decided education needs to change. And I've been avoiding it. I've been putting it off. And in the creatives workshop, I, nobody said, Jethro, you're putting it off. But I realized that that's exactly what I was doing that I was delaying something that I needed to be working on. And so I made a renewed commitment that that is, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm going to focus on. So I want you to hold me accountable. If you're listening to this, go to sdl.academy. That's my school's website. And I want you to uh, click on the contact button and tell me what you think, good or bad. I'll take either way. If it's bad, I probably won't listen to it. If it's good and encouraging and constructive, then I'll, I'll get in a conversation with you. That's hilarious, Jethro. Thanks for sharing that. And um, yeah, I love that philosophy, right? Anybody can do the easy part. It's the hard part that we need to uh, focus on. It's no easy task to write a, a thousand to 2000 words a day either, but it also does bring um, our attention away from something that is even more difficult than that. So kudos to you for doing the hard part, which I think is a good segue into our next question. What's one thing that people should try to do on a regular basis that might make a difference in their day or life? Yeah, so this is something that I just started doing also. And um, I was listening to an interview with Hugh Jackman, um, my favorite uh, superhero character, uh, Wolverine, is who he played in the movies. And um, so I've been a big fan of him. And then he did that movie, Greatest Showman, which was awesome. And in an interview with Tim Ferriss, he said that at the beginning of each day, he journals about what the day looked like in past tense. And I've done that a few times. Um, and I'm working to make that a habit. But each morning, I try to do that and talk about what the day looked like. So this morning, uh, if I would have done it, I would have wrote had a great uh podcast interview with Schoolhouse 302. And that would have been, you know, one of the things that I did. And the, he said the advantage of writing about it in past tense as though we are already there is a really powerful way to just kind of forecast the future and make it as if it's like that. And I had an interesting experience the second or third time I did it where, um, where I just wrote, I'm going to make a new good connection today and somehow by happenstance just met someone that I hadn't met before and established a new uh, friend that I that I didn't have. And that was a really cool thing to experience because I, 
I wasn't planning on it. Like I didn't have it in my calendar to do that that day, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to be able to do. And I was like, let's just try this out. And then sure enough, it happened. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, this is getting a little eerie, uh, Jethro. Uh, TJ, feel free to jump in here. <laughs> TJ told me about that podcast um, not too long ago. We are uh, big fans of uh, Tim Ferriss, but that's mind-blowing. That podcast mm -hmm. with Hugh Jackman, the first time TJ told me about it, I remember specifically he said, Joe, give it time. It's a little slow in the beginning, and then you're hanging yeah. on to every word throughout I didn't realize Hugh Jackman's story like you I always thought he was just an awesome dude jacked you know Wolverine is awesome I didn't realize he was such a, a dynamic individual on the theater like dance like singing and like I was blown away um with with that 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 his most recent film but I, I didn't realize that was actually his background and so feel free to jump in, TJ, as well. There, there's things throughout that interview, especially with manifestation, um, that is incredible. Yeah, the willing things into existence that Jethro just described, I think, is phenomenal. And it, it comes through meditation and past tense journaling and just making sure that you have a clear focus and vision. Um, I really like the fact that he set, you know, those de deadlines say, listen, if I'm not good at this by this time, I'm going to make myself quit. Intense, dude, but I learned a lot from the podcast. That is a little eerie, though, because uh, there's Seth and then Hugh and Tim. So great stuff. Well, it also speaks to the fact, you know, our, 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 uh, our mantra all the time is, uh, you know, life is, is uh, complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated you start to realize those that are speaking the truth, really getting into it with other individuals, they, they rise to the top. And, and that's just one of those interviews that do, does that just like Seth's work. I mean, it's hard to start denying certain individuals who really are making a difference in people's lives. And Tim's just a great interviewer. He's, he's excellent and we enjoy his stuff. Um, so yeah, good luck with that, Jethro. That's a hard thing to do, the journaling every morning, um, because it is forecasting. So good luck with that. Uh, we'll have to follow up down the road. So not only will we tag that interview, um, but we'll follow up at some point to see how that's going and, and hopefully you get to manifest some awesome stuff. Um, what's one thing that you want to know or be able to do that you don't already? Hmm. This one's, this one's tough because I feel like whenever I don't know how to do something, then I, I figure it out fairly quickly. Um, because if, if I need to know it, then I better figure it out quickly. So I think um, one thing that I would really like to be able to do is to sit down at a piano and play a piece of music, um, which is really, really hard for me now. I took piano lessons as a kid and then fell off the boat for you know, a few decades. <laughs> and now I'm trying to get back onto it. And, um, and that's something that I would love to uh, be able to do. My family's musical, like my, my great grandfather opened a music school uh, to teach people about music, uh, you know, like 120 years ago. So I feel like I've got that potential within me. And I would love to, to live up to that. 
Is that just something creative that you, you know, want to use as an outlet for other things? Or is that, you know, a, a part of your life that you kind of want to expand on? I mean, what would be the purpose of that? Just curious. Yeah, for me, it's really, uh, I love music. I think that music is beautiful and very um, emotional and spiritual and can move people to take action. Um, and so I would love to uh, just have that in my life more often. Um, usually when I'm, uh, when I'm writing, I usually put on music really loud that drowns out everything and forces me to just think about what I'm writing. Um, and that's, that's a way that, you know, I don't, I, <clears throat> it inspires me to do what needs to be done. And that's, that's what I think is powerful. So what I would love to do is as I'm giving, you know, speeches or whatever, be able to incorporate music into what I'm doing more. I have no idea what that would look like or how I would do it or anything like that. But I feel like that could be something that could um, add to what I'm saying is having, having music involved. And maybe that's piano, maybe that's something else, but just, I would love to be able to just sit down and play a piece of music when I see the notes. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a, it's an accomplishment for sure. Creative outlet. I think it's awesome that you want to use that as a thing to inspire yourself, to inspire others. We all need that in our lives. Um, I personally wish I spent a little more time playing the guitar, but you know, these days that's one thing that doesn't get fit in. So I'll share that with you. We'll hold each other accountable. And one day maybe you'll be on the piano and I'll be on the guitar and we'll sing a little tune. Uh, what's the one thing that um, Jeff Throw has led to or continues to support your growth as a leader that others can replicate? So, look, you know, you talk about being in the creative workshop. You've written um, the, this book that is on pre-order. You talk about writing your next book. Obviously, you're growing and you continue to grow. How might others replicate that? Uh, how might our listeners gain something from your own growth experiences? Um, yeah, you know, I say often that doing my podcast is, is me learning in dog years. And so I, the way that I set up my podcast is that when I have a problem, I find someone who can help me solve that problem. And then I interview them for my podcast. And that has been just an amazing journey. And I mean, you can have a podcast or not. I don't think it really matters. But if you can find people who can answer the questions that you're facing in the moment, that's way better than going to a conference or going to a, an event or something. Consistent, constant improvement and seeking of feedback is what I think is really powerful. So there's pretty much not a week that goes by that I don't have a conversation with someone who is an expert in an area that I want to get better at. And so when I need to learn something, you know, I go find those people and start asking them questions. And I think that's what that's what everybody should do. And, you know, I'm someone that you're welcome to reach out to. And uh, my phone number is really easy. It's 801-7-JETHRO. I mean, how cool is that? So you can call me, you can text me, and we can chat about uh, anything because I'll be one of those experts for you. Because even though I may not be an expert in everything, uh, someone's always more of an expert than us in something and we can reach out to those people. Absolutely. Uh, that's a That's a very, you know, interesting way to Jethro to dig into some of those problems um, practically, you know, those, and then reach out to those people. And, and we've discovered, and I'm sure you have as well. Most people are incredibly receptive. 
incredibly receptive. You know, it's, it's, it's a nice, you know, we often hear or see like a lot of the, the ugliness in our society, but there's a huge bastion of people out there that are like-minded and really see that empowering others is powerful and they're willing to do it. Uh, especially even those who have been very successful uh, that give back uh, TJ and I have definitely benefited. We reached out to somebody just this week um, with some very direct questions, spend an hour with us, an hour. And this person's time for that hour is worth quite a bit. So we're, we were grateful and we learned uh, a lot. Um, on, that, on that note, uh, Jethro, what's one thing that you used to think that you don't think anymore? I used to think that school needed to be done a certain way. Um, and I, I do not believe that anymore at all. As I've looked at what I've learned and how I've learned it, the most valuable learning experiences are when I learned what I needed in the moment, not when I learned what somebody else thought I needed in the moment. And as I've taken that out to my students and my schools, I've seen that that is the case for them as well. And when I ask them later, you know, what is it that they remember? Um, if they ever say something besides the teachers that I had, which is usually what they say, they always refer to some sort of project or activity or something where they had a voice in how it was done. And that made all the difference in their, in their learning. And, you know, just to speak on TikTok for a second, I had these high school kids I was working with last year. And they spent so much time on TikTok. It was crazy. They were always on it. They were always looking at what other people were doing. But here's the thing. It was, yes, a waste of time in many instances. But what they were also doing was they were analyzing what the videos were that were getting the most likes and views. And they were trying to replicate that so that they could also get those likes and views as well. The, the growth, the creativity, the creation, uh, the problem solving that happened with these they were mostly boys too, was just incredible. They were so engrossed and engaged in that platform and trying to uh, produce something that had meaning that uh, they learned how to edit video. They learned how to uh, do magic video tricks. They learned how to add filters and um, do all these different things, how to write scripts so that they didn't, you know, just say things off the cuff, but that they actually planned it out so that it'd be better and funnier with better timing. And it was awesome to watch those boys over about a four month period as they continue to get better in that arena. And, and I think in, in that situation, we as educators need to take advantage of the opportunities that are there where kids are engaged in something and want to be part of it and use that for the education. It's real easy for us to follow behind and attach standards to it. We need to do more of that and let kids lead a lot more. So central to that really is passion and agency. I mean, it's incredibly important mm -hmm. that students follow a path that's meaningful to them rather than sometimes the path that would be the typical, you know, set of courses. But I really appreciate yeah. the insight that school doesn't have to be a certain way. It certainly doesn't have to be a certain way for everyone. And that's a great vision for leading change in schools and a nice way to um, kind of end our segment here. 
I, I can't say enough about, you know, a lot of the nuggets that you've provided here today. We always say, you know, things need to be simple. Joe referenced it before, but these are a lot of simple thoughts for folks. Like, like you said, leadership might be complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Jethro, is there anything else that you would like to add today for our listeners where they can find you, um, where we can buy the book? Um, anything, any final thoughts? Yeah. So the book is called school X. And if you go to schoolx.me, then you can get the free first chapter and you can order it from there as well. If you uh, are so inclined. Um, and then also there, uh, I'll take you to my website, jethrojones.com. You can reach out to me there as well. And, uh, I just want to help make, uh, make life better for a lot of kids. That's what I'm working on. So if I can help you with that, then reach out and let's find a way to connect. Thank you. There you have it. Another great podcast. Don't forget to follow our blog, the schoolhouse302.com for blog posts, podcasts, and video blogs, always on the topic of leadership. And we hope you enjoyed our one thing series on leading change and so much more with our good friend, Jethro Jones. Jethro, thanks for being on the show.